Yung mga emotional na already. Alright, no. Hard, I'm okay. hard. No tears, no tears. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, y'all know I was really close with her and, um, you know, losing her was, was and still is very tough. You know, there's moments where I just get this unbearable grief that's just, you know, I miss her so much and wish I could reach out and call or, you know, just hear her voice one more time. And, you know, some, I know a lot of people can relate to that. You know, we, we grow close to people and, um, you know, without a doubt that they love you and that you love them. And they're just a special bond that's, that can't be broken. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not There Yet Podcast with myself, PDJR. Today, I'm joined again with both of my parents, Philip and Jennifer DeLeon, D-Crow and Mama Jen. Right. How y'all doing today? Howdy. Well, well, <laughs> we're doing good. Well, thank y'all for coming back on to join and doing this together. Um, it's nice to be able to do this. Today, I wanted to discuss dealing with grief. I know it's a it's one of those topics that you kind of don't want to talk about sometimes, but I think that our listeners and even ourselves will, will benefit from discussing it and talking about how we deal with it and also uh, the different situations that we've came across that have helped us to grow in that area of dealing with our grief. Right. Okay. Well, for me, I will say, of course, I stay very busy, as I mentioned earlier, and I do my best to take care of everybody else around me as long as I'm taking care of everybody else. I'm not thinking about it, and it comes to me later. Like when um, I was still working when all of this was going on, I couldn't leave my students hanging. Their graduation depended on me. And so I was meeting students to collect their paperwork at the funeral home. I mean, it was a really, really hard time for me, but I couldn't even show my students how hard. Like people were just amazed how you keep going. I had a tooth pulled out the day we had the funeral, um, the the viewing that we spoke of earlier. And so that helped mask, mask things for me too, because then I couldn't talk. I didn't have to go up there and talk. I had this gauze in my mouth. So it was a good excuse. I, I make excuses why I don't have to grieve. But I think when it hit me the hardest was a month later when our two oldest sons decided to leave our household you being one of them and and uh, our son that went into the Marines being the other one. And we all had to say not just goodbye to his mom, but we had to say goodbye because you weren't moving down the street like you were before. You were leaving to another city and he was leaving to another state. And as a mom, that was very hard for me. But I'd like you to talk kind of about that moment, if you don't mind, on your podcast. <laughs> Uh, which, which specifically? How it, how you dealt with right after the death, leaving the family that you were so tucked into, because I know it, it caused a lot of struggle for you. Oh yeah. And I still deal with that stuff today, but that is actually a conversation that I had recently with my wife. And it's, uh, I know at the time I actually had a conversation with my dad about it. Uh, we were we were working out one day and, and I told him first before I told you that I had decided I was going to move away. And 
to preface that, you know, I had met my wife when, you know, before all this, like this whole, that whole year, you know, we were dating, but we were long distance. And, you know, we, while we were dealing with, you know, grandma's health declining, I was also, you know, growing in my relationship with her. And I wanted to be closer to her because, you know, we weren't seeing each other that much. And I had decided I was going to move before grandma had passed away. And because I, if I know y'all remember at the time, we weren't expecting her to pass away. You know, she was doing okay. Uh, I mean, she was, she was, her health was bad, but you know, it wasn't that bad yet, but then she got sick. And then that's when, you know, she just went, her health just, you know, went completely down. And so like, I still had already set out to move away. And I remember y'all were planning the funeral and I had come to look at the place I was going to be staying at. I remember how hard that was because, you know, Uncle Tony had come to visit and I didn't get to see him. And I still haven't seen him since, you know, since before all that. So, uh, you know, that was another thing that I missed out on. But it was it was definitely rough to leave everything, everyone, everything, the family just you know, moving away starting a new life, uh, being around a bunch of people that I didn't know and, you know, trying to just survive. Cause you know, before we got married, I was just living by myself at the apartment and, you know, we, she would visit cause she was still working too, at, you know, full time. So we would see each other when we could, you know but we just at least knew we were in close proximity. And it, it's a different, it's a different feeling, a different mode you know, just changing every, everything in your life, you know. It is, and I know I was, I was really grief-stricken. I was actually angry. I, just being honest, I was angry that, I mean, there was nothing we could do about Kevin's situation because he signed on the dotted line. He was going in. We couldn't stop that. He didn't want to go. He was crying left and right, and then (laughs) when you were leaving, you put this special song on for the kids, and I was like, I remember that. I was mad. I was like, I'm not giving him the satisfaction of seeing me cry right now. Oh, the the lonely man from that the no, Hulk the, series, Hulk. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, so I was upset for a while because I was like, how could you leave at a time like this when we all needed you the most? And I know I may have not come out and said it because I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but that's that's what I do. You know, you you're getting down to how do you handle grief? Is I don't express my true feelings. Yeah, but I had to come to a point after the next year my dad died, and yeah. <laughs> The next year, you know, my dad died and that, I mean, and then you had your, your um, wedding we went to what, like five days later, something yeah. like that. It was like so close to when he had just died and I had to hide the grief then too. And so I have to push it back, but I had a breaking point when we had some more children uh, dramas. We've kind of talked a little about in, in our podcast. I'm not going to go into right now but I completely broke. I lost. I couldn't help anybody. I just, it made me very angry and bitter and, and, and because I held it in so long and I should have dealt with it at that moment. And I, after that, I figured out over time, I need to deal with those emotions. I can't shove them aside for everybody else because later down the line, I'm going to hurt everybody else because I didn't deal with them. And yeah. so. I think, and, and I think our, our, I don't know, this, everything just happened like back to back to back to back because you know, grandma passed away, I moved away, then we had, you know, Kevin moved away, and then, um, you know, we had grandpa pass away that following year, and then the following year after that, uncle passed away, right, and then, yeah, and then after that, you know, 
it was COVID. So like everything just, you know, kept just kept going down. Snowstorm. Snowbid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that actually all of that stuff I think hit me really heavy last year in the by like the summertime. I was like in the worst state of depression that I've ever been in my life. And I, I don't know, like I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me for a while because I just didn't feel like myself. I just felt sad all the time. I'm not an angry or bitter person, but I think I felt like just some anger towards like just how everything was. And, uh, you know, I just, we were, I, and I'm gonna put this out there not, not to say uh, blaming other people but we had started going to church. We were going to the church and honestly, nobody reached out to us. Nobody checked on us. Um, anytime that I was there, I didn't feel, you know, really welcome, you know, like there's just a few people that would, you know, say hi and all that, but it was never like a genuine, I never felt that genuine, like, Hey, how are you doing? Let me check on you type of thing. Definitely. And you know, and I don't want, like I said, I'm not trying to blame them because, you know, we're responsible for our own lives, but that, that kind of, you know, pushed me away from going, you know, because like, I felt in a way like, why am I going to continue going to a place where I don't feel welcome? And it's sad that, that I would have to feel that way, especially being that the church should be a place that we all feel you know, welcome and comfortable because, you know, we're supposed to be like Jesus. We're supposed to love people. We're supposed to right. be genuinely welcoming and open. And I didn't feel that. And like I said, I'm not trying to talk bad about them because I'm sure that, you know, everybody deals with their own stuff and all that. So maybe people didn't think about it or maybe I just wasn't open enough, but you know, that's, that was just one of those things. Another thing of like why I felt even more grief and, um, you know, it didn't take away from my faith. It didn't take away from me following after God and praying and, and still reading the Bible and things like that. But it did kind of take away from that fellowship that, you know, I should have, but I don't. You know what I mean? And I would say even people that we've known down the line that was professing to believe, to say they believe that they were following the Lord. And yet those very people that you would have thought would keep in contact with you are the very ones that do it less you know yeah. so it, it was a very a very hard <clears throat> shift and definitely my dad was checking on me so when he passed then you know he was also the man i called for any pest issues we had so <laughs> yeah. you know we had we had a, i don't remember what it was something <laughs> happened in here and my first thought was i need to call my dad so he can tell me what to do and i was like well wait a minute i can't and we don't think about that yeah. Um, it gets hard sometimes. And our family went through such a hard separation after your blue grandmother, um, just within my husband's side, but in my family side, it started getting worse too. Um, you know, just, I don't want to go into detail, but there was just like you, there was just so much. And then when our children, no names were piling on extra stuff, nobody, everybody always saw me as the strong carrier and I needed help. And I was like, where are my children? Where are they? And, and, it, and it was hard for me. And so I think that helped all of us grow, helped us learn to see maybe where we did some things wrong in ourselves, and how to move forward in, in the future when we're grief stricken or 
having a hard time because I don't cry in front of people. So hello, <laughs> viewers. <laughs> yeah. A little special because I don't. I don't well, like to cry well, in front of people. As you you know, your mom is saying that, and I remember when she brought up earlier about you know she lost it and everything, and she you know came. I remember one specific day she came in and just broke down, and I was like, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. And she's like, you know, and that was one of those times where I was saying earlier as well about when you want to help and you know your mom was like I need the I need my space and can you so I was like okay fine and so I was praying for your mom and you know there was I mean we have these erase boards that I put scriptures on there I've got one right there by the door and there's another one that we keep in, in, in the fridge mm -hmm. so we're I'm constantly trying to point her to the source that gives us life and hope you know and that's the lord as well as you know asking her questions and telling you know getting her to talk to me and stuff and it's 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 a process it's come over time it wasn't yeah. something that happened overnight so i'd say that we're in a better position now in a better place far better place today that we're more open to each other about what's going on with us like hey if you're struggling with something tell me so we can pray for one another as well as you know just lend an ear you don't always have to offer a solution yeah. just to sit down and listen sometimes be kind of like i mentioned you know like the the guys that were with joe you know the first seven days they sat there and they just wept with joe you know so and and i think for your dad <laughs> he couldn't do that for me because he was grieving so much for his mom so he missed a lot of those cues and so I knew how he was and I was depending on my children who weren't there because there, there's nobody else for me. I mean, it's just your dad and y'all most of the time. I, it's not like my phone's ringing off the hook otherwise. Right. <laughs> and so unless it was students, but students were always wanting something. I had a few key people that uh, even students that when it happened, they would check on me. But of course, that all dwindles away. People check on you for a little bit in the beginning and then their <laughs> life's back to normal for them. They don't think about it anymore. Um, I had a great friend too, uh, Brianna. She was, right. she was definitely checking on us. And then she lost both parents <clears throat> right around the time we were both losing our parents, you know? And so we were able to help her. She was able to help us. We're still talking to her. And now that we're doing better, we're, we're making sure to reach out to her and check on her. If I notice right. I haven't heard from someone in a while, I think about that. Hey, you know, I need to check on this person because that's what I would have wanted somebody to do right. for me when I was having such a hard time. And I think that's where it comes down. I think you need to share a little how you dealt with it after your mom passed, because that's a very important factor to explain how probably me and our son uh, were dealing with things, because he also was very aware of, of your mental state. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was it was rough. I'm not going to say it was easy. Everybody knows, you know, especially with the whole funeral that I'm not really going to get into with everything, all the funeral arrangements and everything. I'll just throw that out there. You know, I didn't, I'll just say it didn't help with me, you know, with everyone yeah. pointing fingers and telling me they, that pretty much telling me I need to do this and I need to do that, but nobody was offering to help. And they were expecting me to reach out to them. And I was like, that was my mom that died, not yours. It should be the other way around. You should be reaching out to me. And of course, I didn't tell them that, but I figured that they would have, you know, they would have thought of that. But so anyhow, um, when my mom passed away, yes, it was hard for me. I, it was different though, because, you know, I think back to others that before my mom passed away, like, you know, other family friends, only 
family members as well as friends that passed away that I didn't handle very well. But when my mom passed away, I had a comfort in my heart, you know, knowing that I'll see her again. Why? Because like I was saying earlier, she had such joy for the Lord and was hungry, hungry for the word. And so, um, it gives me that hope and it gives me uh, more of a fight, if I can even say that, you know, to be more open with my family and to be that person that is considering that, considering like what your mom was saying that, you know, and I told you this the other day, I think over the phone, <clears throat> that uh, I've come to the conclusion that I'm gonna reach out to the best of my ability, whether I get a response or not. I'm choosing to love my family as well as my children or anybody else. And they don't have to reach out to me, but I want them to know, I want y'all to know that I'm doing that, whether I get a response or not. I do it because, and you know, and eventually the time will come when I won't be around them. And maybe that'll be something they can reflect upon and say, well, man, you know, my dad did that all this time and I didn't really spend time even responding back to him when I could have. And that was one of the things that I think about even today, like, you know, in my mind, I tend to reminisce about certain things, you know, I could have done better. I could have went to visit my mom a lot more than I did. I could have called her more. Like, these are things that we can all think about, especially for y'all. You know, you, you still have your mom, you still have your dad, as well as your siblings. And you have some that don't reach out at all. And I don't hate them for that. In fact, I'd say I love them even more because I know that they need that. They need more love. They need more prayer. And and I'm not going to force myself upon them as well. That makes sense. I mean, I know I say what I said by sending stuff like whatever encouraging text messages or emails or even which I'm going to start doing, like I said, about writing letters. But it doesn't matter. I'm still here and I'm still fighting. And I will continue to do that. And that is what has been my drive since the day that my mom passed away. I started writing poetry. I got it in my phone. And I started coloring. Yeah. I, mean, I hadn't done a lady, but you know, I I do stuff like that. I'm I'm even playing video games with the kids now, man. You know, just like yeah, just... I'm, I'm putting myself out there because I recognize, you know what? Life is short. And every little, every moment that's gone by, that's time that you can't get back, man. It, you know, so what are we doing with our time when it concerns family, when it concerns those that we say we love dearly? How are we showing them? And yeah. oh, now that you, sorry, now that you have a daughter, you should understand a little more how much time and effort it goes into each child. Uh, yeah. No, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, I know y'all probably hear it more than anybody. Like, I don't know how y'all do it so well, you know, and I know, <laughs> I know obviously that, you know, it's, it's obviously the strength from the Lord that he gives for you to do that. But people, they just don't truly understand like how much it takes to, for y'all to give everything for your children. 
And I know that I, I say, and I will always say that I appreciate what y'all have done for me my whole life and still do to this day, uh, because I take a lot of all that, that I learned and I apply that into how I'm raising my family, you know, my daughter and you know, all of that. So, um, but I, I did want to say, uh, cause you're talking about, you know, spending time with the family and all that. I kind of wanted to go into, you know, when we are dealing with grief, um, the people that we should be talking to, because I know that, you know, most people would suggest like going to see a therapist or, you know, right. something like that. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. If that's going to help you definitely go talk to a therapist. But my suggestion would be in order, you know, and I'm thinking that, you know, to help you save financially or, or whatever people in your life that truly care about you, especially if you have someone that's older and wiser these are people that i would suggest going to talk to first before you go talk to a complete stranger because these people know you and i think that it's a lot better now uh you know if there are things that you feel more comfortable with sharing with a stranger then yes go totally go talk to a therapist because if it's going to help you in the long run build your character uh, help you through the grieving process and all of that do it i don't want anybody to think that i'm saying not to do that because I'm not I'm just saying that I would suggest talking to your family or close friends first especially those that are older and wiser and uh, they know you a lot better because I do believe that they can help us a lot and I think it would be wise to examine the sources that you get your information from you know outweigh your pros and cons concerning the person that you're communicating with about such things such as depression you know that's just you know wise decision wise uh advice i'd say you know choose who you talk to carefully before you get because you don't want to talk to somebody that you know clearly likes to gossip you know what i mean so that's what i'm saying and things get changed up right um, I, I will say from my experience in the, in the college atmosphere, and definitely when COVID hit, I had a lot of students come to me and talk to me about the things they were going through, and they didn't have a good support line. And so you, you can also make yourself available, even if you don't know somebody well, it's not going to cost anything. You just give some listening ear. Right. Um, I would give them resources to go to, but I do know there is, um, for those that don't have the support line, because there are some people that you know, don't have both of their parents like you do, or don't have parents that are there for them, or, right. you know, their guardians or things like that. But now they have that 988 number. So if you're in an instance, and you're having a really hard time, and you're grieving, use that 988. It doesn't take the place of the like the mental awareness hotlines that are across the, uh, I guess, the United States, but 988 is like 911. You're having, you need somebody to talk to right now. So you don't get too far gone and get too lost they have people that talk to the militaries now the, the veterans the things of that sort so well i wanted to say too because you were saying like you know talk to family and stuff but i also want to say that if you're going to do that my suggestion would be is you know for all of us like make ourselves available you know yeah i mean i'm not saying that again because we also got to recognize that you know, everybody's got their life. You, know, you got your family. We got our family. Everybody's got things that they got to take care of so we can 
if we hear something, hey, okay, well, you know what? Tell somebody I need to step away and make a quick phone call because it's an emergency or something. I want to talk to somebody or something in the party. Mm -hmm. So, and make ourselves available with intent. Yeah, and I, you know, I've had I've had a couple of friends that, you know, I don't talk to them every day, but when I let them know that something's going on, they'll tell me like, if you need anything, let me know. And it's not a lot of people that will be like that. And even some people that say it, they don't mean it. So if you're going to tell somebody like, hey, you know, if you need anything, I got you, then you actually need to be there for them. Don't right. just say that you're going to be there and not be there when they actually need you. Because, you know, that makes them even worse. Because, you know, now, now you lied to them. So just, you know, also remember that. Be intentional with not just your actions, but with your words as well. We've been trying to help the kids here learn about being there for others. And one of our neighbors called and left a message on my phone the other day and said that her cat died. Right. Well, to me, I didn't understand. You know, I understand people, their cats are part of their lives. and But for her, for her I didn't understand the significance until I talked to the children because, you know, they're helping her with their, with their trash and right. going and talking to her once in a while, the older girls. And they said that the cat belonged to Roman. Right. And so... That's Roman's mom. And now that was the last piece of Roman left besides the house she's living in was right. his. And you knew Roman because you were the one who started talking to him first. Yeah. And so we try to take care of her being, you know, you know, with all the loss in her life. And, and she, she has some family there, but she did a special reach out. So the kids, you know, made her stuff and they went and talked to her. And, and you know, we, we need to do those kind of they, things for our neighbors they, as well. They gave her uh, one of those little crossbows too, huh? I believe so, yeah. And, you know, they just, and they, but they knew about the cat because she'd talked to, to them. And so, you know, we may not think something is that, that crucial for somebody, but we never know the sentimental meaning behind right. it. That could cause them to have that <clears throat> last help. That was a cry out to me when she left that message. I know for me, I don't think I could comfort her, but since we've been involving our children, I think that was a good way right. because uh, older people really love grandchildren. We've seen that over time. Like, you know, your, your grandpa enjoys seeing yes. you or talking to you. Right. And uh, my mom, she enjoys the ones that talk to her, go by, even if they're not our kids, the other grandkids. But it's just like when you get to that that age and you're older and you can relate to your grandparents, not like where they got to take care of you and change your diapers and stuff, but, you know, you can communicate. It becomes a different kind of relationship. And that's what you had with your grandma. And so it just... It's just yeah. when you see, see people in that position, no, they need an outreach too. Check on your neighbors, see how they're doing. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm constantly reminded of that when I look at my daughter, because, you know, we, we gave her middle name as Dina, since, you know, grandma's name is Armandina. And, you know, sometimes I wish that she would have got to meet her. And, and uh, I know that, like, I just know that she would love her. And right. so, yeah. like, just... I'm always going to remember grandma through my daughter because of the name and just knowing that she would have loved her so much. It, I don't even have to question that in my mind because, you know, just like I'm a part of her, she's a part of me. And now, you know, Annalise is a part of that too. And so just for me, that that's what makes that, you know, all the more better. Like just the, we lose people you know, we, they, they go on to the next life and we're still here, but God also gives us new people in our lives to, to make that difference and to be just as much to them as they are to us. But we have to be the ones to say that we're going to do that. We're going to be those people. 
Do you ever call her by that name? Uh, sometimes, every once in a while. But it, it, it's also hard too, you know, like because, yeah. you know, it's a reminder. And so, you know, sometimes that's when the grief hits me. It's like, you know, and I'm like, I call her and, and just think of my grandma. And your childhood, <laughs> you know, crime partner is named after her too. Wow, yeah. Celia Mandina. Right. I was going to say, I was just thinking that. When you <laughs> said that, I was thinking like, yeah. So she, we know we she's get got it. a couple namesakes out there already, right. which is great. So, um, so she can't, she can't be forgotten because there's people living on with her name. And it's important um, to not forget people and not forget to talk about them. It's a little harder when it comes to my dad, because you're about the only one I can really share stories and remembers my dad, you know. And, and that was very little, like he couldn't even identify who you were. Twice. Brother, yeah. <laughs> my brother's wedding, he had no idea who you were. And I'm thinking, you know, dad, that's your grandson. But yeah. he wasn't around much. But when he was around, he just was this awesome, magnificent, encouraging person to all of us. And so and that's where, you know, we were talking earlier about make with your grandma. We have a lot of videos we can go back and laugh about, hear her voice. And of course, you all will. We're doing the podcast. So you're going to have, there's already, what, 41 episodes there? 42. 42. I don't know. There will be a bunch more in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> right. But um, it just, it's going to be there for you. And for me, all I have that I know of is that one clip that you took on his last visit here. Right. And and it wasn't even with me. It was with your grandpa. So you have both camp grandpas, which is a blessing for y'all, too. But most of y'all didn't really know my dad. So it's kind of hard to to leave a legacy. I mean, we did name one of our children after him, but it's kind of hard to leave a legacy of who my dad was if you didn't have those experiences. Yeah, I've got the, the few funny interactions with him. I think uh, I think I, I brought out the jokester in him. So, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was he a was jokester. Always, he always joked a lot. Yeah, like three stooges too. Yeah, just three stooges. much like me. I had a hard time watching Three Stooges after I, I couldn't do it. Your your dad likes it and the kids like it, but when he put it on, I get busy. Like I said, how I do it. <laughs> but now yeah. I can watch and enjoy it because I would just hear my dad's voice because he would copy them. Him and my uncle would just crazy do Three Stooges my whole childhood, and that's all I could just, hear was just randomly hearing "Hey Mo." Yeah. <laughs> Well, my dad was a curly, you know, he was a curly right. imitator and he had the, the Stooges, uh, right. what are those, um, like knickknacks, but right. huge, bigger than knickknacks. Right. And I just, so Literally. now I, yeah, I can still watch it and, and it brings joy now. So I think the grieving process is stages is something we got to think about is eventually we get past the sadness and the heartache and we can go back to the, the smiling right there. Right. And Mo, yeah. I mean, curly, hey, great pig. Great pig. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> yeah we'll have to do an episode later on just you know telling some stories sharing you know so you know the rest of the family that doesn't know them that well will at least be able to hear the stories the interactions because there's a few really good stuff and you know I, it's i'm sad that you know the younger ones didn't get to experience that but at the same time you know their memories are going to be us yeah and what what you know how we're influencing them and what we're doing so uh you know while they don't get to while they don't have those memories that we do they have stuff that they'll be able to share about the people that are close to them and so you know that goes back to how we're going to be with them and how we're 
being intentional about our actions and our words with each other because everyone that you interact with will remember you and right. you, you know whether you think so or not people talk about you and one way or another it's either positive or negative you, that's how we affect people man so you know it, it makes a difference and it doesn't matter you can either gain become famous or infamous in your crowd of people that you hang around wherever you can go i'm sorry no it, <laughs> so, you're right it just is i had an experience today i didn't get to share with you i went to walmart real quick needed a couple of things had a busy day planned so i want to go real quick and i'm doing the self-checkout and one of the the cashiers comes over she's a, a young lady that was in one of the schools i taught in when she was younger and now you know she's gonna she's in the education getting ready to graduate and testing and stuff and she remembered who I was like I saw her and you know I didn't really remember her so how you interact with people does matter like they come up and they see you later and they're like hey you know what and it's it's that's an awesome feeling when someone remembers you even if you don't remember them but you smile and you think I know you from somewhere I just can't pinpoint it but yeah I know well, I was gonna say hopefully we answered somewhat of your question I mean I'm yeah yeah find out did we, we answer said a what lot. you we said need, a lot. Yeah. need us to like is there anything else no i think that pretty much covers it for this topic of grief i mean there's so much more that we could save and there's so many more stories that we could tell but i think this is good you know scratching the surface of it and i hope that for those of you who are listening or watching it you know it'll help you in your life and um, maybe give you an idea of how to process things and, and deal with your own grief because we all go through it uh, you may not be going through it right now and you may have not gone through it yet but at some point in your life there will be some loss or there will be something and it's not always death that grieves us there's um, again interaction with our family or friends it could be uh, breakup in relationships or just all there's so many different ways to to receive grief but you know we have to know how to deal with that stuff when it comes and sometimes it does take going through the experience to know how to deal with it the next time but you know at least you can be aware of it and have somewhat of an idea of how you plan on dealing with it you know so be preparing i guess would be a good way of a good thought for that like you know like you said we don't, we may not be going through something right now, or a person may not be going through that right now, but what are they doing to prepare for something ahead of time? Like for us, me, you know, I mean, I'm already praying, you know, like something hasn't happened yet, thank God, but I'm praying ahead of time that God will prepare my heart before any hardships occur and not be so quick to say, oh, could you take this away from me? I don't want to endure this hardship. I want to learn from it, as well as be able to use what I learned in the midst of it and asking God, hey, calm my heart in the midst of this storm so that way I could be of influence to everyone else around me. And they look at me and say, wow, how can you do that? Yeah. How are you? Mm -hmm. so, Definitely. Let's well, get past the point that we have 19 children and go to the point that we're learning how to deal with grief together. Right. And and that's how it should be in a marriage is you should be able to depend on your, your spouse. When I couldn't go to him, God is who I went to. And that has been my lifeline since, you know, I was very young. And But everything that happens is growth and teaches us for the next thing. Right. Definitely. Well, I appreciate y'all joining me for another episode. And I look forward to doing many more. Hope y'all have a good evening.
And, uh, Mama Jen. <laughs> and PDJR signing off. <laughs> Bye.